My friends, the text for today is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do, do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Life was very tedious and hard in the time of Jesus. And that's why when a wedding celebration came to the village, it was a tremendous event. When a wedding celebration would come to the village, it would bring joy to the village. And sometimes those wedding celebrations would last up to seven days. Today, we get to attend one of those weddings it was a wedding in the time of Jesus. It was a wedding in the village, Cana of Galilee. It is a wedding that Jesus himself attended. It does occur in the little Galilean village of Cana of Galilee. Cana was such an insignificant village that is never mentioned in the Old Testament. It's a mundane place with just a few people. But Jesus was there, and Jesus worked a great miracle in the midst of that simple village. We often have wondered whose wedding this was. We're not told whose wedding this was, though we do see in the story that the mother of Jesus had some authority. The mother of Jesus was concerned when they ran out of wine. The mother of Jesus could tell the servants to do something about it. It was a terrible, terrible thing, particularly in the culture of that day, for the host to run out of wine there at the wedding festival. It was a terrible thing, and it was a thing of great, great shame to the family of the bridegroom that would give the wedding feast. It was not just a social faux pas, but really was a disaster and the family would have to live with that shame for a long time. As an aside, one of the reasons that they perhaps ran out of the wine was 
they did not know in advance how many disciples Jesus was bringing with him. And perhaps he brought more disciples than they were anticipating. And did you notice the interesting exchange between Jesus and his mother after they run out of wine? Beginning at verse 3, the text says, When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you? And to me, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. That's a fascinating exchange between Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Jesus. It almost sounds disrespectful to our ears when Jesus says to his mother, Woman, what concern is that to you and me? My hour has not yet come. But it really is not as disrespectful to that culture and that day as it sounds to us. The use of the word woman was a respectful term uh, there in that culture of that time. And it also is a term that harkens back to the Hebrew Bible when Eve was referred to as woman. And we know in Christian theology that in some ways Mary helped to bring about a new creation that comes to us because of Jesus Christ. I don't think Jesus was being disrespectful. As a matter of fact, this is one of only two times we see the mother of Jesus, Mary, in John's Gospel. And Jesus refers to her as woman. The other time is at the cross, when Jesus' hour indeed does come. And as Jesus is on the cross, again from the cross, Jesus refers to his mother as woman. I don't think it was disrespectful. And you notice that Mary says something really very significant to the servants. Mary said to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Mary brought the concern to Jesus, and it sounds as if Jesus was not going to do anything about the concern, the running out of the wine, but Mary trusted her son, and Mary said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Particularly my Roman Catholic friends remind me of the importance of these words from Mother Mary. In many ways, they symbolize the role of Mary in the New Testament. Here is Mary speaking to us, the servants, pointing to her son, saying, Do whatever he tells you. Mary did not know exactly what Jesus would do, but she trusted him to do the right thing. You perhaps have some things going on in your life right now, and you don't know exactly what it is that our Lord is up to in your life. But the wisdom from Mary would be that you do whatever He tells you. Even though you don't know what He's doing, just in the meantime, do whatever He tells you. Just be obedient. Even though you do not know what the Lord is up to, you do not know what the Lord will do. You can trust that the Lord will do the right thing. Do whatever He tells you. 
These words have been called the watchword for the Christian ages. And we may be hearing at this point in John's gospel, John's very definition for what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Do whatever he tells you. So Mary brought the concern to Jesus, and she trusted Jesus, and just told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now, of course, Jesus took the six stone water jars that were there for Jewish purification rites. They were there to be used to wash feet and to wash hands in regards to Jewish purification rituals. And Jesus performed the miracle. He took those six stone water jars, each holding 20 or 30 gallons, and he turned that water into wine. 180 gallons, perhaps, of good wine. A super abundance of wine created here by Jesus. That was the miracle on this day. This is the first miracle in the Gospel of John. When Jesus attended that wedding feast, there near his hometown of Nazareth, in the insignificant village of Cana, and he turned the water to wine. You also noticed in the text, when, Je when Jesus performs the miracle, and then John in the text tells you about the miracle. He editorializes regarding the miracle by saying, Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. We call it a miracle, but you notice that John calls it a sign. The first of his signs in the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of John, there are seven signs, seven miracles that organizes the gospel presentation. And these signs point toward Jesus Christ. Yes, John refers to it as a sign because these miracles in the gospel of John very much are signposts pointing not to the miracle themselves, but pointing to Jesus Christ, pointing to the glory of Jesus Christ, pointing to the person of Jesus Christ, telling us who Jesus Christ is. And you wonder, we wonder what John was hinting at at the beginning of this text when he introduces this event in Cana of Galilee by saying it was on the third day that Jesus performed this miracle or this sign. In the Gospel of John, these miracles, these signs point to the glory of Jesus Christ. These miracles, these signs point to who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ did and is seeking to do today. What you need to hear, what you need to receive from this text is that what Jesus did on that day, Jesus continues to do on our days. What he did on that day shows us the continuing ministry of Jesus in the world. Jesus stands before us this morning. Jesus stands before us offering to us 
new life. Sometimes it seems as if our lives are as bland as water itself. But when Jesus gets involved, when Jesus comes alongside of us, when Jesus is part of our lives, Jesus takes the bland, Jesus takes the simple, Jesus takes the mundane, and he makes it into something extraordinary. It was Jesus in John's Gospel in chapter 10, verse 10, where we hear him saying to the people then, and he continues to say to us, I have come that you may have life and have life more abundantly. Jesus stands before us this day and every day offering us this gift of new life. John Newton, of course, was that famous author of the tremendous hymn, Amazing Grace. And he's well known for writing Amazing Grace, but he wrote many hymns. And there's another hymn that John Newton wrote that no one sings in the modern era. But the words from this other John Newton hymn has always haunted my mind. In this other hymn by John Newton, it begins how tedious and tasteless the hours when Jesus no longer I see. How tedious and tasteless. Life with Jesus Christ is full and abundant. Life without Jesus Christ is tedious and tasteless. Life with Jesus Christ is a life filled with new wine. Life with Jesus Christ is a life filled to overflowing with joy and meaning and purpose. Soren Kierkegaard, that famous Danish theologian, in remarking on this text, on this story, said once, Christ turned water into wine but the church has succeeded in doing something even more difficult. It has turned wine back into water. Every time we allow the world around us to think that the Christian faith is boring or irrelevant, we have taken the wine of Jesus Christ and turned it back into water. Every time we allow the world around us to misunderstand what life in Jesus Christ is all about, we have turned the great gift into something that's very bland. We as Christ followers, we who know the new life that is ours in Christ, should live our faith in a contagious way to the world around us. Jesus comes to make all things new. Jesus comes to bring life and life abundantly. Jesus stands before us on this day and every day inviting us to come alongside of Him and to live life in His presence. And in His presence we find feast, we find festival, we find superabundance in His life we find that abundant living. It is our relationship with Christ that transforms our living. It is our relationship with Christ through the power and the presence of the Spirit, that Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, 
that transforms our future. It is our relationship with Jesus Christ. It is your, relation, your relationship with Jesus Christ that gives a destiny. My friends, I hope that we are all smitten with Jesus Christ. We're all smitten with the glory of Jesus Christ. We have been captivated by the glory of Jesus Christ. And we are living our life daily in the presence of Christ. And that presence is bringing such joy to us. I hope that we experience day by day, moment by moment, this new wine of living that Jesus has brought to us. He wants to take life and take it to a new level. He wants to take life and let it become something with an eternal, heavenly nature. He comes among us to give us the gift of new life. He will take our sin, take our sin natures, will do the work of forgiveness, will do the work of cleansing and make all things new. We are still in the opening days of a new year. We are still setting our direction for the new year. We are still beginning the habits that will carry us through this year that is ahead of us. I hope that we will live in such a way, we will live in such anticipation. We will make space in our lives for Jesus Christ. We will make room in our lives for Jesus Christ that we can experience His superabundance. A superabundance of goodness, a superabundance of His grace, a superabundance of His joy. My friends, may I pray with you? God, for the gift of this time, we are so grateful. You have brought us to this time that we're sharing together. And we know that the living Christ indeed stands before us and is offering us new life. We thank you, God, that through the power and the person of Jesus Christ, you seek to be an intimate part of our living. We pray, God, that we may live in such a way that we may surrender our lives to you and welcome Jesus Christ to rule and to reign this day and every day as we allow him to be Lord of our lives. In and through the power of his name we pray. Amen.